Today on Vancouver Consumer, we are going to talk about chocolates. Chocolates, chocolates, and more chocolates. After all, it is Easter. We're also going to talk to Todd Talbot about real estate commissions. And a little bit later, what's the latest in automotive goodies with the Vancouver International Auto Show now on in Vancouver. The BCSBCA has made its annual plea to people to refrain from giving away rabbits or chicks or ducks as Easter gifts. Who does that? For starters, rabbits can easily be neglected soon after Easter. You know, the novelty wears off and the new pet uh, owner realizes that this is a lot more expensive and takes a lot more time to take care of these rabbits than I ever realized. So here's some of the numbers just uh, for fun and for information. Rabbits live up to about 12 years and the expected cost, this is what really startled me, is between $3,000 and $4,000 per animal. That includes the initial $200 in one-time cost for habitat, uh, spaying, neutering, a litter box, carer, uh, dishes, brush, water bottle, these kinds of things. The yearly costs of uh, about $300 for food, annual veterinary visits, uh, you got to have your white wood shavings. Also, rabbits, while they're really cute and cuddly, uh, they take a fair amount of uh, care and that takes a fair amount of commitment, much more so than a cat or a dog. And rabbits are not really necessarily a great pet for kids. Now, rabbits do like attention. They like receiving affection from people, but they don't like to be cuddled. And the reason they don't like to be cuddled is because that makes them feel as though that they're being on the receiving end of a predator. And of course, that's their natural reflex. So they'll want to escape. And if you're if you have got a small child, for example, that is holding a rabbit, that rabbit wants to escape. The rabbit's got very powerful back legs and can and has in the past injured the child. And then if you've got an unwanted rabbit, then you just add to the overpopulation. Unwanted rabbits are abandoned, uh, and then they have to fend for themselves. And the problem there is that they're domesticated, so they lose their ability to, to fend for themselves, and they become uh, the victims of coyotes or disease, or they end up starving because there's no adequate food source. Alternatively, interestingly enough, no predators for the rabbits, then the rabbits become busy, as rabbits will, and multiply, and then you've got an overpopulation problem. You know, think about who else is coming for dinner. So if you are considering a rabbit as a pet, and it's not necessarily something you, you, you shouldn't do, but you've got to think about it. It's, you know, you're looking at a decade of commitment, and you should probably only do it after you figure out what exactly lies ahead. And I can tell you personally, I've got a feral rabbit problem in my neighborhood, and perhaps you've experienced this. And it really is so sad to see these bunnies so distraught they can't really cope because they are domesticated. Why not help the BC SBCA instead of getting yourself a rabbit, make a donation or help out in some way, uh, like dog walking? A friend of mine, Les, uh, when I lost my dog about a month ago, Les suggested that I go over to the SBCA to get my dog fill and just walk some of the dogs that are, that are being held, waiting for a, a good home. So visit their website, sbca.bc.ca. Todd Talbot of Love It or List at Vancouver joined John Meyer and myself on Vancouver Real Estate Today, and I asked him because the topic seems to come up a lot. 
whether or not real estate fees are negotiable. So you said this conversation comes up a lot. I'd actually disagree with you. I'd say that this conversation doesn't come up enough. Ah. I think there's a lot of mystery around commission, and people are scared to talk about it. Um, The fact is, is that commission is set and is negotiable. Commission is set by an individual realtor and is negotiable. That's the bottom line. And it is based on their business model. It's based on the services that they offer. And the way that I like to analyze commission and explain it to people is that commission should be evaluated by the value that they get in return, like anything. But that doesn't happen. No? No. If you look at the model of commissions today, yes. let's say if we have a working model of 7% on the first 100000 yes, two and a half on the remainder, yes. and houses are selling for three, four, we're, we're told that $4 million is going to be the norm very soon, right. and a real estate agent works for about four to six hours on that property. They're making way too much money, and that's why I would argue maybe you should be negotiating. Absolutely. But that goes back to my point. Your commission is negotiable, and you need to have that conversation with whoever you're hiring to make that transaction. And I've been, you know, I've been in, a, in an agent-client um, relationship. It's not just around real estate. It can be as an actor. Sure. You know, there are mm-hmm. definitely circumstances where you need to identify. Now, you might have a relationship with, a, with an agent, and it might be a one-off situation. They might sell that property in a week, and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. The economics of that relationship might be out of whack. Now, there's other um, examples where you might be in a long-term relationship with somebody who's going to be around to guide you um, for multiple transactions over multiple years. And you might be using that service uh, when they're not buying. There are certain yeah. circumstances, not, not, not to defend commissions, but there are certain circumstances where, let's say as a buyer, you're out there and you're working for 20 weeks and then no one buys anything. But here's to your point about not asking, okay? Now I sound like I'm backpedaling. But discount brokerages are shunned upon because people feel, well, I'm not going to get what... If I don't pay the big dollars, yep. then I, I won't get the service. I won't. My home won't sell. Yep. When really, perhaps the listed price is the most or the biggest factor in whether the house sells or not. It can be. I, I think those properties... Um, Well, let me answer it two ways. Number one, I would say that there's a lot of stigma attached to different formulas of commission structure. And let's be clear. People can sell their house themselves for sale by owner. There's there's no issue with that. Yeah, it's absolutely There's no issue with that. Get a lawyer and make sure you're doing it properly. But there's no issue with that. And you can scale all the way up. There's there's no limit. I could tell you a good reason not to. What, sell your house by yourself? Yeah. One, you eliminate the emotion if you have a third party. Right. And, and the other third is that third party is going to be a better negotiator on your house than right. you are. See, this is the way that I think about it personally. And I, even though I'm licensed, I use a realtor. I always have. I've never sold anything by myself that, that I've owned. I've never bought anything by right. myself. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I do that is I believe that with somebody negotiating for me, and if that person can either save me the equivalent or more than their commission, then that's total value. Mm-hmm. And conversely, when you're buying, if, you know, if they can negotiate a better price. So you know, it does boil down to value. And you need to be able to 
um, have that conversation up front. You need to be able to put all the cards on the table. And a homeowner or a buyer needs to be able to evaluate and see if they think that there's value there. Todd Talbot of Love It or List It Vancouver, which you can watch uh, every Monday night, tomorrow night included. Uh, that's at 10 o'clock in the evening on the W Network. And Todd Talbot joins myself, uh, as I mentioned earlier, with John Meyer on Vancouver Real Estate. So uh, he's got a very interesting perspective, and I, he can't help but agree that if you are in a position of selling your home, why not negotiate with the, the realtor and come up with a better deal why give it all away if you can keep some in your own genes? Sinfully the best. We're talking chocolates on Easter Sunday when we come back on Vancouver Consumer from News Talk 980 CKNW. Easter is the second most important candy-eating occasion of the year for Canadians. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the largest Easter egg ever debuted in 2011. It was just over 34 feet high and weighed nearly 16,000 pounds. The largest chocolate bunny ever made weighed 6,000 pounds. 635 pounds and was 12 feet tall. It took a team of four people in South Africa three days to sculpt it. The largest Easter egg hunt was held in 2007 at Cypress Gardens Adventure Park in Florida and contained 501,000 eggs. Joining us by phone is Anita Schultz. She is the manager of Simply the Best. That's on Chatham Street in Steveson. Thanks for joining us this morning. Happy Easter. Same to you. Thanks so much for having me. Lots of fun. Lots of good things to talk about. Tell me, what would the ideal Easter basket look like to you? Oh, we've got to work some of our caramels in the basket for sure. Our caramels don't stick to teeth. They melt like butter, and we have different flavors. We sell hundreds and hundreds of bags a month, so got to have caramels, um, probably a few pretzel rods wrapped in caramel, and of course, the 3D chocolates. We have little bunnies with hand-painted sweaters in all different colors normally. Sold out yesterday, I believe, but just a splash of color. And we have homemade chocolate chip shortbread cookies dipped in uh, colored chocolate to give a bit of pizzazz. And then gourmet. We do carry a bit of gourmet. So for somebody who doesn't just have a sweet tooth, throw in a bit of gourmet just to offset it where it's not all sweet. <laughs> Is it okay if I drool a little bit here? <laughs> you can. You can actually come in for samples. We're really good about giving samples, too. So we've we've taken down a few people. I had to ship caramels to Ohio, 200 to a gentleman at Christmas time. He needed more. <laughs> nice. Most of us remember at least once or twice of our own experience as a kid out on the Easter egg hunt. And I'm sure that's still popular, although I did mention earlier it seems that most of the Easter egg hunts are done indoors these days. I don't know what people are afraid of. Uh, well, I do, and it's kind of sad when I think about it. But it, it seems to me that the bunny has now taken over as the chocolate favor for Easter over the egg. And you know what? The bunnies last year were our biggest seller. It was eggs up until the last few days, and I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the final numbers there. But because there's so many molds, of course, chocolatiers use molds quite often to create their 3Ds. There's so many cute molds. And we try to do multiple colors on them to give that pizzazz and that little punch. Um, but I find the bunnies probably are a little bit a bigger seller for us, at least, than the eggs. And again, you can get hand-speckled eggs and, and pretty, pretty eggs. But I think for us, the bunnies is our big 
big draw. Yeah. Now, Jill Bennett talked about this on, on her program this morning, and, and I want to see if you concur. When it comes to the chocolate bunny, what, what do you eat first? What is the first bite going to be? I go for ears, but I'm not sure if everybody's with ears. <laughs> I think that I think that seems to be the overwhelming uh, the, the answer, the correct answer. I guess that's so that the bunny doesn't hear you coming for the rest. That's true. You can just continue and sneak on. <laughs> now, when I was a kid, we used to sit around, and maybe this gives away my age, but we would sit around the kitchen table and. And mom would would do the, the the take the real eggs and try to blow out all the stuff of the gunk in the middle, and then we would take them to school and they would sometimes make it and sometimes not, and then we would paint them. And I think we've all mostly gotten past that, although some of that is, is still happens. When when it comes to Easter egg chocolates, are are they better hollow or are they better filled? You know what? We so hollow. Um, just people have that little guilty pleasure. They can have a bigger egg. And we also sell the little foiled fill, um, solid chocolate ones. We don't do any filled ones unless we've hidden a surprise chick inside a really, really large egg. I know some competitors do have the soft centers in there. We pretty well do the solids. Just people, when they want chocolate, quite often just want chocolate. They might not want a cream, um, but there are the cream lovers out there. Yeah. Well, what kind of chocolate? Now, at Simply the Best in Steveston, uh, you use what type of chocolate when you put your creations together? We use Cocoa Berry. It's from France, and the owner, um, before opening the store, went on a tour of the factory over there and was quite impressed with it, and she liked the fact that they don't process any nut products in their facility or work with nuts at all. So for us, you know, these days, so many allergies, people have concerns, and they want that um safety knowing when they're buying a product, in particular solids, that there's no cross-contamination. So Coca Berry has a nice um, a nice product line that that's exclusively what we use other than a few specialty, um, specialty brands that we buy as well. That's good to know. My daughter has a peanut allergy, so uh, it, it can be difficult at times to find chocolate or any kind of confection at all that hasn't got either a contamination or a cross-contamination warning. So you're completely nut-free. We're actually completely peanut-free. We never, ever work with peanuts. We do have in our fancy bonbons um, a selection of chocolates that do have nuts in them, and then some of the bars will put nuts on the back. Um, We make it really obvious to buyers when they're shopping to check first, you know, is there a nut issue for the recipient? Um, The legend, of course, will disclose which chocolates do have nuts, but we still do have people coming looking for nuts. Just, I always have to disappoint people when they're looking for peanuts because we really had <laughs> sure. to put our foot down on that one. Yeah. Is, is chocolate hard to work with? You know, it can be messy. The only thing I hear about being hard is when the rain's coming in, the chocolatiers will have their wheels going in the morning and the chocolate's tempered, and they'll almost know before the weather changes if the humidity um, turns around, they'll notice the consistency of the chocolate will change some days, making it impossible to continue doing production that day, and they'll have to shut down production and move on to something else. So ironically, the weather and being the West Coast, <laughs> um, the rain does play into it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I had no idea, but that, that must be something that, that, that they find challenging from time to time, particularly oh, yeah. in this area. Uh, Anita, is, is chocolate good for you? You know what? They seem to think, and this is what I've read from scientists, that if you have a higher cocoa content, and I think we're talking anything from 70% up, that um, the cocoa solids keep you supposedly looking and feeling younger. It controls your blood pressure, they believe. 
supposedly avoids wrinkles and keeps your skin younger and staying slimmer. Now, again, everything's in moderation, <laughs> not to say that you can take out dinner and only eat 70% chocolate, you know, everything within moderation again. But, oh, so when uh, you say 70%, you're talking cocoa, you're not talking about 70% of your plate should be filled with chocolate. No, although that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think uh, yeah. when it comes down to, uh, and I've talked to a lot of dentists on this program, and the thing that comes back time and time again is they don't say, don't avoid the treats. Uh, you have to indulge once in a while. Balance and moderation, responsibility and choice. And I think if you exercise those kinds of simple principles, that you should be okay. Exactly. And that's that's the train I'm on, although I am a chocoholic. So <laughs> kind of probably have more than I should, but that would be the logical approach. Now, Simply the Best, and uh, Steveston, uh, you also have a program whereby you help the community. Right, right. So we like to be involved in the community. Two years now in a row at Easter, we've made an oversized large bunny, and the chocolatiers have spent days creating it. Um, I believe last year's weighed about five kilos, and it was multiple colors. So it involved her heating cocoa butter in different colors and hand-painting in the molds, um, filling them from behind with layers and layers of chocolate to build it up. And then what we did was we wanted to donate some money to the food bank in Richmond. Nice. We made tickets affordable for even children. They were a dollar a ticket, and 100% of the ticket sales went um, through the till directly. The money was going to be given to the food bank. But before we did that, the owner of the store graciously matched the ticket sales. So last year, we managed to sell all 1,000 tickets. So the check for $2,000 was able to buy the Richmond Food Bank $12,000 worth of food. So it was so well received that we did the same thing at Easter this year. And um, happy winner in Steveston had her bunny delivered on Good Friday after work, and she was taking it to a family event today. Isn't that nice? Anita Schultz is the manager of Sinfully the Best on Chatham Street. We're out of time, Anita. I appreciate yours. I just want to quickly mention that you also offer courses for people that are interested in working with chocolate. And I I, I guess all of the information is available on your website. What is the website? Oh, it's sinfullythebest at gmail.com. Okay. And, uh, of course, you can always ask Dr. Google for help with that, too. Thanks so much. Happy Easter to you. Same to you. Thanks so much again. Lots of fun. Anita Schultz from Sinfully the Best in Steveston. We're going to talk cars when we come back on Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. The Vancouver International Auto Show is on until 8 o'clock tonight at the Vancouver Convention Center West, where you can see more than 400 new and customized vehicles at one of Canada's premier automotive events. And be sure to look out for Easter chocolates and face painting and balloon animals. Joining us on the phone from the show is Jason Hurd. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Ian. Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Not nice to have you. The show is uh, really good this year. It, it makes me wonder uh, just how you're able to keep uh, this show so relative in 2016 uh, when so much car buying, like just about everything else, is done online these days. How do you keep it so relative? You know what? These, uh, this, is, this is eye candy, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to have people come down and have fun. And this show, I haven't seen one person of the... We're going we're gonna to crest 100,000 people this year, and I haven't seen one walk out of the show with a, a smug on their face. They're, everyone's smiling. This is, this is it, it's an experience. It's a family experience. It's fun. It's, it's relative, and, and that's what we really need to keep doing. 
How do you like the the venue now? Of course, you're going to say it's great, and I happen to, to really love any time I can get an excuse to go to the convention center, particularly the, the new part, the west side. Uh, I always enjoy it. But versus uh, going to BC Play Stadium, I don't. I know it's hard to compare the two venues, but do you prefer one over the other? It's it's not at all hard to compare the two venues. We uh, we moved here uh, a number of years ago. I took over last year, and when I took over, we uh, took over the ballrooms. And the ballrooms adding the 60,000, 70,000 square feet upstairs with Ferrari, with uh, McLaren, with Lamborghini, all looking over the 40-foot windows that go to the North Shore Mountains. And we have the best entrance to any auto show in the world. And I'll challenge any auto show in the world to tell me we don't. <laughs> um, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. Traffic flow is is extremely well managed. Um, we're we're just getting lucky with the, we're we're falling into this stuff. It's it, it's it's been a lot of fun. And um, if you haven't been to the auto show in in a, few, a couple of years, um, you have no idea what we've done and what what's going on in there. It's it, it's amazing, and uh, we have people from uh, Toronto to uh, New York telling us that they don't they don't understand what we're doing here in Vancouver, but we're just having fun, and, and it's all about BC's love affair with the automobile. How have uh, the the habits of consumers changed when it comes to car bo- buying? Over, I mentioned the internet, but but have you noticed any other significant changes in the way we buy cars uh, since you've been involved in the business? We are we are an extremely unique market here in uh, in British Columbia. We have not only the largest uh, charging infrastructure per capita in Canada, we are the largest supercar market per capita in North America. If you believe it, we have more cars per capita than they have in Beverly Hills. Wow. So we're like this this market uh, Langley per capita um the largest classic car mm-hmm. market in Canada. So we love our cars. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing a, a shift towards uh, the future of the automobile, what it's going to be, the new technologies, whether, uh, you know, everyone's racing for the finish line, whether it's uh, a Sony or a Beta, right? Uh, back in the, to age myself, to, 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 to go back. But we're seeing a lot of electrics. We have, uh, in our first day this year, we did more than uh, three quarters of what we did in our ride and drive last year. Wow! So th- this it's going crazy, yeah. and, uh, and and people love it. So you know, uh, electric. Uh, you're seeing everything from a uh, LaFerrari, uh, which is uh, the last one went on sale for four point six million dollars US, to the nine eighteen Porsche Spider to to the Nissan Leaf. We we have everything here and. We encourage everyone to come down, check it out, and uh, experience what's coming next, what's now, and uh, and and what's fun. Because you know, whether it's the Batmobile, the DB5, the uh, we, we literally we have some for everyone. You were talking about the face painting and all that. You know, it's uh, I tell you, we're we're having fun. We're we're dancing around. It's it, it, it's a, it's a great show. You know, you talked about uh, Metro Vancouver being uh, really high on cars. Uh, you, you can't help but notice it, the large number of really nice cars on the road. Uh, and you talked about Langley, for example, having the large uh, the collection of classic cars, and they put on a pretty good show every year there as well with those. And so we really do hold that distinction in North America as being a real car town. And, and can you think of a reason why that might be? 
You know, it's it's one of those things. I, I I'm a car guy, so you're going to ask the wrong question to the wrong guy here because I there it's rolling art in my opinion. I I have had I, I've owned a gazillion old cars and a, a whole bunch of new cars. I have a '70 Cougar convertible that I am in love with that I'll never sell. We sold four cars at our last auction and a number of different things. But you know what? I I, I really think that when you go out and you 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 talk to it's it's a it's a conversation point. Yeah. Um, I used to, I had a 62 Cadillac convertible. I couldn't go and get gas without being out for three hours. And I'll bet you you did that a lot in that car. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah we did actually. That was, that was, that was a big ride. Jason, um, uh, I want to, I want to ask you about this before we have to move on because yeah. this is important and, and financing has become a topic of interest for many people of late. Uh, the federal government has warned us just a couple of weeks ago that can, uh, with consumers and, and, and the dangers of taking on longer-term lease and financing package when it comes to their, their automobiles. Uh, they're talking about packages of, let's say, six years or, or even longer might not, in fact, probably is not a good idea. Uh, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Well, my thoughts are, uh, you know, you got to look at the housing and, and, and where we all are. And I think everyone just needs to be smart with what they're doing. And, um, you know, our, our dealers and our, our manufacturers are offering some pretty amazing packages. Um, we'd we'd um, encourage everyone to go through the manufacturers and go through the dealers uh, with with these options. And just like anything else, don't get yourself underwater. And uh, as much as you're going to come here and see um, some of the most amazing cars on the planet, um, be be realistic like I am. I'm shopping uh, this year uh, myself. So uh, I, I I know my my realistic budget. And I, I think as long as everyone sticks to that, we're not going to get into a situation like they're seeing in, um, in markets like Calgary and uh, where some struggles are happening. And we hope everything works out great for those folks over there. But um, at the same time, we encourage all of our uh, our attendees and everyone at the show to to, to make sure you know you're, you're you're being realistic. And as much as I want to drive that Ferrari, <laughs> I know I, I know I'm not in it yet. Yeah, so. uh, Jason, uh, the top uh, put you on the spot here. The top three attractions of this year's Vancouver International Auto Show. I love it. This is the gr- the best question we have a. Uh, a Lexus concept car that um, I begged for that I saw in LA a year and a half ago. Uh, it's called the LFC2. It's gold. It's a convertible. I'm a convertible guy. That is the the best car in the show, in my opinion. Um, but we also have a, a, a collection up from the owner of Ferrari Maserati of Vancouver, uh, who brought up six cars from Montana for us. And uh, the first time he thinks in North America in over 10 years that any auto show has had these cars side-by-side. Uh, side, you can see a um, 288 GTO, an F40, an F50, and an Enzo. And oh. they are like it's, it's <laughs> you, you, you stand there and drool. Yeah. And then uh, the first time we think, again, in North America, we have two LaFerraris on site. Wow. Um, those, those things uh, originally sold at $1.8 million U.S. hypercar. Um, the only one to ever go on sale and hit the market in the States went for $4.6 million US. So, uh, that, that paces with what they're doing in the UK and, uh, you know, seeing these things, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. And we, we just like, I, I can go on and on. We have a, 
a, a YSAC edition 918 Porsche that's a $2.5 million car. But you go down to the show floor and, and, and you can find a car for ten grand and uh, a new car for ten grand, and that's, that's what we're doing. We're, we, we show the full spectrum, so you come in, you get the eye candy, you have some fun, and then you go down and you, you, you figure out what you, what you can do. And hopefully sure. you can afford the ones upstairs, but I know you can afford the ones downstairs, and, and that's what gets us around, and, uh, and we have some fun with them then. The automotive industry is alive and well, and to be sure, the automotive industry is a barometer on our economy in general. You got it. You know, last year we did $11 billion in sales of new cars. Um, we That's 17% of all sales, all retail sales in BC. Um, so if, if, if anyone's going to argue with the auto industry, they're, uh, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. And, uh, so, so this is the celebration of it. This is the, you know, we're not here to, to throw anything in anyone's faces. What we want to do is celebrate the industry and just have a ton of fun. Vancouver International Auto Show is on until eight o'clock tonight at the Vancouver Convention Center West. I would also uh, concur that it's a highly recommended family event. This is something that you can do with everybody in your family. Uh, Jason Hurt, appreciate your time and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you so much. Ian, thank you. We love it. We appreciate your time. Always. uh, We'll take a quick break on Vancouver Consumer, and we'll come back in just a moment on News Talk 980 CKNW. That is so appropriate. The lowrider. Amila Bamji is our technical producer who punches up those songs in between our segments. And you were at the Vancouver International Auto Show, and I know that you went with somebody who's a huge car enthusiast, but what was it about the show? Because when we talked about it, you seemed pretty excited that you were there, and it it almost surprised you a little bit, I think. Yeah, because I wouldn't call myself a car person. I kind of just think of them as, like, get me from home to the grocery store and back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't think much of them, but there were some fancy cars there. Anything that stands out to you? Anything that you would say, if you're going to the show today before 8 o'clock, you have to see what? The James Bond Aston Martin. Uh, That was a really, really nice car. That's cool. Yeah. Is it easy to take pictures of the cars? Yeah, the lighting in there is amazing. If you are like an Instagram person, like I, the only reason I went was to take cool pictures next to the cars. Right. Um, the lighting in there is super awesome. Like, um, we just talked to Jason and he was talking about the windows. Right. So you can see out to the mountains. The lighting, like that daytime lighting is perfect. Yeah. And it uh, looks like it's clearing up a little bit downtown now. So that that is good. I think the other thing that you want to consider for a show like that is comfortable shoes. Yes, I wore runners, which was a good idea. Lots of walking. It was about two and a half hours of walking. And what about the idea of taking a family? Would you agree with that? It's it's a good environment for everybody? Oh, yeah. There were tons of kids there. They liked it because they can jump into the cars. Like They're like, oh, a big truck. Let me hop in the driver's seat. And they like take pictures, and it's really cute. And then, like, the dads are obviously looking at the stats and everything, and the kids are just, like, playing with all the little buttons inside. So sure. it's really nice. It's really fun. Awesome. Thanks for that. Appreciate that. No so the problem. Vancouver International Auto Show until 8 o'clock tonight at the Vancouver Convention Center West if you're looking for a nice way to fill your Easter Sunday. According to the National Confectioners Association in the U.S., and I suspect that we can probably follow the same line here, Candy accounts for less than 2% 
of the average person's caloric intake. Most people enjoy candy about twice a week, averaging less than, this, these are their stats, averaging less than 50 calories and about one teaspoon of added sugar per day from confectionery items. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm having trouble swallowing this, but um, I don't know. They published it, so maybe it is true. In fact, they say candy accounts for less than 2% of the average person's overall caloric intake, so moderation is the key. And as we, we talked about a bit earlier, we said, as you hear all the time, balance and moderation, responsibility and choice. And why not enjoy... Uh, a little bit of candy, and particularly on a day like today, enjoy a little bit of chocolate. From that, we go to the Czech Republic's Prague Zoo. They've come up with a new use for elephant dung. Yep, elephant dung, making paper. The zoo has joined up with a hand paper mill to process the manure to be used in traditional papermaking techniques. The director of the paper mill says the 420-year-old mill has made paper from all sorts of materials, but elephant dung is not one of them. Until now. A 65-year-old Canadian man placed his bid to uh, have his name in the Guinness World Book of Records for the most knuckle push-ups in a minute, and he performed 91. Al Welsenachuk We'll have to wait eight weeks, though, until Guinness can verify his attempt, which appears to have broken the old record of 79 knuckle push-ups currently held by an American man. Okay, give me 10 right now. (laughs) No, I don't think so either. A pair of Australian construction workers used chainsaws to destroy their work site as retribution for lack of payment. A video posted to Facebook by Uptrend Engineering and Construction Group shows two men using the chainsaws to destroy what appears to be a partially built home. The Facebook post reads, When this guy's boss didn't pay his workers on time, he's going to learn the hard way to never do it again. The reviews for Batman vs. Superman started trickling in, uh, I guess last Tuesday, and to say the very least... They're mixed. Now, if you look at the website Mashable, uh, the quote there is, go like a speeding bullet to see this darkness, while others are saying, save yourself the 12 or 13 bucks. Domino's Australia has unveiled the world's first commercial autonomous drive, uh, delivery vehicle. Now, this isn't a fictional marketing campaign. It's a bona fide robot that can do everything from navigate fences to talk to customers. Uh, this is happening in Brisbane, Australia, where they're testing this ground, uh, the ground there for this cutting-edge uh, delivery system. Uh, that'll be interesting. I'd like to see them get over some of the fences with some of the dogs in my neighborhood. Apple Watch um, has a, a new app. This is uh, just in time for spring. They've teamed up with Husqvarna to launch the Auto Mower Connect. It's a free download at the Apple Store that lets you control a robot mower with your smartphone. And with a touch of a finger, the Auto Mower connects, uh, and that therefore, once you've made that connection, lets you mow the lawn uh, from your Apple iPhone. So I guess you control it basically from your risk. Husqvarna says you can do this if you're at work or if you're on vacation or if you're on the other side of the world. Of course, because who doesn't want to cut their lawn when they're sitting on the beach at Hawaii? That's the first thing 
you're, you're probably going to want to think about. So would you take a pay cut for your dog? If you could bring your dog or cat to work, would you take a pay cut? According to a recent survey of dog owners, 32% would say they would. I wonder if Mr. CKNW is listening to that, or Jill Bennett for that matter, because I think Duke would be a terrific addition to the staff. Uh, Back to the eating thing, while only 20% of American adults are are getting the recommended amount of exercise each week, no surprise, almost 60% are eating out weekly, and 14% dine out as many as three times a week. Amila, how many times do you dine out in, in a week? Probably like three or four, mostly lunch. Okay, so you're right in the average then. Yeah. And finally, a court in China publicly shamed 24 people for unpaid fines by displaying their names on a giant electronic billboard in a city center. Their photos, amounts owed, and personal home addresses will be broadcast for the next three months on a giant LED screen. The outstanding fines range from $770 to about $300,000, which is uh, an awful lot of shaming for a relatively small amount of money. Uh, oh, I have another item about money, and that's uh, the New York Yankees were just valued. Uh, the most valuable team in baseball, once again, with $3.4 billion valuation, the team extends its streak of being at the top of the list since 1998 when Forbes began estimating the worth of major league baseball teams. Uh, Science Journal reports that after a man received a bone marrow transplant from his sister, he developed her allergy to kiwi and apparently her taste for very comfortable footwear. My name is Ian Power. Shane Foxman is coming up next on CKNW Weekend. And my thanks to uh, Mila Bamji for her technical production. We are podcast on cknw.com. And if you'd like to get a hold of us at any time, feel free to tweet at CKNW. Visit the CKNW website. And you can also text or call anytime at 604 280 9898 604-280-9898. And that number you can either call or you can text at any time. Once again, we want to thank Anita Schultz from Sinfully the Best, located on Chatham in Steveston. They have a great selection of chocolates and other things, and you can also take lessons if you're interested in learning more about chocolates. And again, our thanks to our guest, Jason Hurd, who is with the Vancouver International Auto Show, which is on at the Vancouver Convention Center West until 8 o'clock this evening. And it's a show not to be missed for car enthusiasts and everything else that's automotive. Have yourself a terrific Easter Sunday from News Talk 980 CKNW.